Welcome in to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller, Robert Glasscock, with a listener question. This from Mindy. She wrote in and said, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Well, thank you, Mindy. Appreciate that. Wanted to ask about adoption in the birth chart. We've not had this question before, Robert. And she asks both the signs of adoption and the solutions to the abandonment. I was really hoping to hear your expertise about the adoptee situation and where to look in the chart to overcome this particular life challenge. This is a very ignored subject in our culture from the adoptee's perspective. Well, I know one thing for sure. You have some thoughts on it. So what do you have for Mindy? Well, I love the question. It's very deep and it's also very complex. And I'll try and keep it simple. There are many, 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 many indications of both adoption and abandonment issues. For starters, they all are connected in some way with Neptune and Pisces. For example, I have Pisces on my third house, just taken alone, just that, would lead an astrologer to wonder, does this man have half-brothers and sisters or an adoptive kind of family? I do. So that's simply indicated by Pisces there. Well, the ruler of Pisces, Pisces is a dual sign, and it's also Before we discovered Neptune, the old Chaldean ruler of Pisces is Jupiter. So now, in connection with adoption and abandonment issues, you're going to be looking at Jupiter and Neptune. I have Neptune conjunct my son in my ninth house in Libra. So I have a stepbrother, the son, through marriage, Libra. That's how specifically you can read these things. Uh, Adoption. I just had a client uh, recently that had Neptune on her ascendant, and it was opposed, I'm trying to remember, it was opposed something in her seventh house, and I asked her about adoption, and she, she said to me, I have always wondered about that, because my family is very vague about that. They insist that I wasn't, and yet one of my aunts told me that I was. You see the confusion with Neptune? So some families will try to hide all this. So that's a starter. And then you look to the third house and the fourth house. You may find Pisces on the fourth cusp or Virgo on the fourth cusp opposite Pisces on the 10th. That 10th fourth axis is the parents, the mother and father. So there may be something mysterious or hidden about those areas of life where you find Neptune and Pisces. So, for example, there are people who don't know they're adopted until they reach a certain age. And with adoptive parents, it's up to them. Generally today, I think most parents do tell their children that they're adopted. Uh, Back in the day, they often tried not to. But nonetheless, what happens when that revelation is told to the child? It's a very Neptunian experience. They say, "Ah, I'm not who I thought I was. I thought mom and dad made me, but they didn't. I come from somewhere else. Do you see what this does to the psyche? Now, depending on the relationship or the psychology of the person, that can turn into being a wonderful revelation of, 
wow, for whatever reasons, my real parents had to abandon me. But these people chose me. And that's a whole different experience. They chose to have me. My other parents, maybe I was an accident. And for whatever reasons, they had to let go of me. And that gives an entire other layer to that person's sense of themselves. It can be wonderfully enriching, really, or it can be devastating to some people. Because as they grow up, biologically, they may not look like their family at all. And yet they are. They're part of it because they were chosen. So it, it to me, potentially, now I'm a creative type of person, and I think for people who are creative, the revelation or the knowledge that they've been adopted can be incredibly enriching. To other people who are not maybe creative and who are more um, literal about life, big um, signs, for example, the revelation can be a bit unsettling. Because always in the back of their minds, there's that that feeling that I don't know who I am. I'm going to act like I do, but I really don't. And what's important at adoptions, of course, is to find the genetic DNA, the health history of the biological parents. Because if you have that information, then you know perhaps what sorts of health issues you might face in life. If you don't know that, that's is a kind of deprivation of some very essential information. So there are all sorts of layers to this. But the real one is Neptune and Pisces, the idea of secrecy, mysteries, hidden elements, uh, unknown factors, all of which can be tied into adoption. And this also explains why I think um, sometimes adoptive children be can become problematical children. And I think over these issues... I've known several. I grew up next door to one, in fact. Family, a couple that live right next door to us, been trying and trying to have babies and couldn't. And they adopted a child. And then she got pregnant the next year. And that child grew up to be, well, he's in prison. He started using guns that got access to guns next door to us at seven. So who knows where he came from? And then their biological son that they had, right? I don't know what that is about adopting a child sometimes can release a woman's fertility, whereas before it was maybe not blocked for some reason. But I've seen that happen a lot. Families will adopt a baby and suddenly now they can get pregnant. Yeah, I've seen that happen too. You know, one of the things that I've used myself is looking at the opposite side of the chart for a solution to where you can't find, like I have Mars... Neptune and the Sun, my Marcentune in Scorpio, and where I kind of ran out of answers with Scorpio, not that it took a while, but I, mean, <laughs> I decided to start looking over at Taurus and what's going on over there on the other side of the chart, and you get some great depth of looking at the opposite areas. So would somebody look at the opposite of Neptune and Pisces if, at least for a starting place, they were looking for where in this chart might show me some clues if they were struggling with abandonment. Clu oh, clues to, okay, clues to struggling with abandonment. Yeah, it's possible to do that, to look at the opposite sign, but, you know, every case is different. 
in adoption, for example, if, you, if you're dealing with a, a charter a person who's having issues about being adopted or, or feeling abandoned, look to see, because it's never just Neptune or Jupiter itself. It's the aspects to that, to Neptune or Jupiter. So if you have a square to that Neptune or a square to that Sag, say from Saturn, there is the aspect of the feeling of abandonment. Many children will not feel abandoned who are adopted. Many children won't. So they won't have an issue with it. But those who do, I look at the midpoint between the aspects. So if you have, say, Saturn square Neptune, which I have at my birth, I'm not adopted, but still, uh, I have Saturn square Neptune at birth. And I also have Saturn square my moon at birth. And my uh, moon is, what did I say? Saturn square my sun, yeah. Uh, well, my son's conjunct Neptune, so here we go. The midpoints are the solution points. So if you have a square between two planets, you want to resolve that conflict, figure out the midpoint between those two planets, 45 degrees, and look at the degree, the sign, and the house that that midpoint falls in, and take that house and its opposite house. That will be the axis of solution or integration of that aspect. You can do this with any hard aspect. You can do it with any soft aspect. Trines and sextiles as well. It's the midpoint between the planetary indication of abandonment, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Another question I wanted to ask is, you're working on a book about past lives. So could the ninth house and the twelfth house come into this, especially if abandonment comes in from something in the past? I know that I had abandonment issues from the past and found out about it through a very innocent situation, but it touched me deeply when I was probably three or four. And of course, I know who my birth parents are. But if it came in, would that be a place to look? Yeah, absolutely you can, because you're absolutely right. The ninth house and the twelfth houses are the two houses you look for for past lives, particularly the ninth. So then would you look also not only at what's in the ninth and the twelfth, but also the aspects to those? So you're on a trail. You're you're like Sherlock and Watson here. You're you're both looking around the chart, right? Sherlock's got his his little. Well, let me ask you this: <laughs> in your chart, what is the aspect of abandonment? I've had some amazing connections through past lives. I've had some incredible healings through connecting with things that happened before I was born. And I know that I just for me, I know it's very very real. So if I'm playing this out of, you know, like I said, we're like Sherlock and Watson here running around this chart. Sherlock's got his little magnifying glass there, and we're, we're going all the way around, and we're looking for clues, right? Well, I would start with these houses that you teach represent the past. So I would look at the ninth. That's Aquarius in my chart in the equal house system. And that is Saturn, and Saturn is sitting right in my seventh house. I'll put my chart in the show notes so people can have a look at it so they're not going blind to this. Um, Saturn is in the seventh house, so there's kind of some relationship-type things. Those are some early clues, at least. You're absolutely right. Your midheaven is in the ninth house, which I just said is the premier house to look for past lives. Secondary to that is the twelfth. But you already have your midheaven, which is the apex of your life, of your chart. In Pisces yet, of the twelfth sign of past lives and mystery and definitely of feelings of abandonment just in the midheavens. So your life 
is going to be a Piscean life. Pisces rules Christianity, for example, the fishes. So now we have a religious and spiritual element very much tied to these past lives. And that midheaven is opposite Pluto in Virgo of your third. And here is where the feeling of abandonment. I wouldn't have looked at the midheaven to start at all. When I when I ask you, where's the feeling of abandonment come from? came from? Here it is. Pluto in the third in Virgo, square Jupiter. Remember, we've been talking about Jupiter's connection with Pisces and, and, and abandonment and, and uh, adoption and so on. It's the Pluto, which is the most extreme planet in astrology extremes of experience it can be extreme wealth extreme poverty extreme personality and etc it's a, it's the deepest and frankly the hardest to consciously understand because it is so deep and so subtle it squares your jupiter in sag of the ninth house sign the ninth house planet jupiter co-rules pisces of pi past lives conjunct your mercury in your sixth house i call the sixth house the house of psychological self-integration or lack of it so you're born to experience a connection with past lives whether you're conscious of it or not and you are and that's the healthy way to be and the conflicts between past life and this life in this life as i understand it you were born to a fairly fundamentalist christian family and were raised that way and yet as an adult you moved away from it which is very much about your own psychological health saturn in sag mercury in sag and there's the independence and the questioning Pluto in Virgo, a generation born to question and analyze and pick apart. And so it's not that you rejected your early background so much as you've incorporated it and yet moved beyond it. Sagittarius, Jupiter, long-distance journeys in the house of psychological self-integration. So your life here, that's, the, that, that's where the abandonment shows. This, the, and it, it's much like what I was talking about. It's a combination of feeling like maybe your family abandoned you, but the truth is you abandoned them. And underneath that, you may have an unconscious guilt about feeling like you abandoned them by going your own way in life instead of going their way. You see what I mean? You know, I'm feeling the crux of Mindy's question here because this, I don't know why, but my water wants to come out. <laughs> it's <laughs> touching me. And it's nothing specific that you said. It's just this, this whole area. So anybody who is feeling this area of abandonment at some point in some kind of way, I love this last line that Mendy said, this is a very ignored subject in our culture from the adoptee's perspective. And it makes me wonder, you know, Robert, you've seen a lot, especially as you came up through the 40s, 50s, 60s. That was such an incredible period in the world. And we've really uncovered so many various things that we used to sweep under the carpet could abandonment be one of those emotional areas? And I know this is case by case, very much so. But just broadly, maybe we need to shine the spotlight on abandonment and not make it something that is a taboo or that we just don't talk about. 
Oh, I totally agree. I want to share with you something. A dear friend of mine since grade school, and she and I dated for five minutes in high school. She married a man who was 10 years older, um, the only son of a, a, a wealthy banking family in a small Arkansas town. He neglected to tell her before they got married that he didn't want to have children because he had epilepsy and a few other kind of hereditary diseases. So they adopted. They adopted a little girl and a little boy. Cut to the chase years later. The boy got married once. They divorced fairly quickly. And then he remade, moved to New York because he was an actor. He was living in Atlanta at the time with his first marriage. Moved to New York, met this wonderful woman. They got married and have two children. And they're both very successful. Her daughter, their adopted daughter, on the other hand, has been nothing but trouble. And she asked me once why they were raised by the same parents. We raised them identically. Why is she the problem that she is? And I said, you probably won't believe this, but I'm going to tell you. The woman who got pregnant with the girl that you adopted hated every minute of being pregnant. She couldn't wait to get rid of this baby. She couldn't abort it, but she couldn't wait to get rid of it. So that fetus developed in a womb full of rejection. The son on the other, and I, in fact, I told her son this years later when they were visiting Little Rock, I said, the boy that you adopted, his mother was heartbroken that she couldn't keep this baby because she couldn't afford it in this tiny nowhere town. It broke her heart to give this. Now, I started telling this to this adult male, and he started crying. I said, you were raised in a womb that loved you and wanted to keep you and couldn't. The other one was raised in a womb that couldn't wait to get rid of her. She was rejected in the womb. And to this day, that girl, that woman now, behaves in ways that guarantee that people will reject her. Do you see what I mean? Where this starts? Was that from the chart that you... Yes, sir. From that woman's chart, from that mom's yeah. chart? Yeah. I'll tell you what, this is an amazing topic. I don't think we've done it enough justice, but we've done what we can today. Mindy, thank you for spawning this question. Robert, thank you for this. This is touching, and I know a lot of people listening have deep pockets of abandonment that maybe have been put in a closet for a long, long time. Neptune and Jupiter. I want to thank Mindy for her question, too. It's a wonderful question and a very important area. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for dealing with this. I had no idea that we were going to get to this point. You know, I think if you are dealing with abandonment in this kind of way, the depth that Robert brings to this from his own psychological development, as you've heard his story on these episodes, uh, going out to Los Angeles, being very much in the Los Angeles scene, and then uh, going to men's therapy where he learned psychological processing and how he worked through his own issues, comes to the table when he does these readings. And if you're dealing with abandonment, that would be a great thing to do is just sit down and talk with him. Who knows where it might go, just like today. Thank you guys so much for listening. The link to that, by the way, is in the show notes. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. <laughs>